The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. There's a new era in Twins baseball, and this is the show that keeps you in tune with the team's fresh approach. It's Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, featuring insight on the new direction, interviews with your favorite players, and more. Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins is presented by Discover St. Louis Park. Stay, shop, eat, and play comfortably close to Target Field. Find it all at discoverstlouispark.com. Now, here's Chris Atterbury. Well, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. Another balmy day here in Twins territory. A little bit drizzly down in Florida. Full squad has reported, and we are knee-deep in spring training. We've got Glenn Perkins joining us from Florida. Talk a little bit about uh, his shoulder. We're going to talk pizza ovens and pace a game and all sorts of good stuff with Glenn Perkins, the Twins closer and a three-time All-Star. We're also going to hear from Jeff Smith, the Twins' new first base coach. He'll take three cuts and talk about his promotion to the major leagues. All of that, plus we're talking about uh, tickets being uh, for sale and also some of the new protocols at the CenturyLink Sports Complex as we are only two days away from uh, the first game of the Grapefruit League schedule for the Minnesota Twins. But we don't have a ton of time with Glenn Perkins, so let's uh, jump right into the pool with Glenn from Florida. Glenn, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Did the rain uh, ruin your fishing plans today? No, it, it was raining down here and then windy. Um, no fishing today. Yeah, that's a tough day for you, I know. But uh, I want to start with you getting a head start on trying to reclaim that Media Good Guy Award. Did you really buy a pizza oven? For our uh, flagship station, Go 96.3, this morning? Well, yeah, I, I, I did. Uh, Dana had tweeted out a picture of them cooking a Hedgie's pizza on a whatever that thing was. Yeah, that thing was like scary. A light, like a light ray pizza cooker. And, um, you know, I think Hedgie's is, uh, it, 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 you don't even cook that in like a regular oven. You cook that in a pizza oven dedicated to cooking Hedgie's pizza. So um, I saw that and I figured that if they were going to cook Hedgie's pizza, they had to cook Hedgie's pizza. Uh, in what it was supposed to be cooked in, so I sent him a pizza oven. That might be the most Minnesota conversation that's ever happened on a radio station. Uh, and again, last year you bought the PlayStation for the Gopher baseball team. They had a, a year tinged with tragedy, but a successful year, so uh, who knows? That morning show is off and running. And as you're telling that story, all of our affiliates listening here tonight are probably going to start soliciting you for uh, pizza ovens uh, as well. Hey, I don't want to make it too somber here, but speaking of media and good guys rod simons passed away earlier this week and it's a huge loss for everyone in the market i know he was actually at your house the day you were drafted you and rod have a have a deep history that uh, can't be an easy time obviously for his family but, but for you and all of us who have known him and worked with him through the years yeah uh you know i mean it's it's odd it, it's just so unexpected um i've known him for 14 years uh out of the blue he he had called i don't know if it was me or my parents or whoever and said he wanted to come down and cover it um, obviously everyone knew I was going to get drafted and I was going to get picked high. And, um, so he had come down to my parents' house where he had like a party, I guess, and, and kind of waiting for the phone call. So he was with KSTP at the time and he, and he came over to the house and we've known him ever since and, and got, got to know him really well and, and did a lot of things with him and for him. And he did some stuff for us. Uh, Alicia was on, my wife was on a, a, a radio show with him for a, a couple times on go um the last couple winters and, and doing that with him and i've done a lot with him I, I i i mean i was just thinking about that i i talked to him i did a big thing with him at at twin set the whole mm-hmm. big long interview and, and a bunch of stuff and then i mean the, the day before i had gone we were on a backfield and i had come over to the stadium to see i wanted to watch bill pitch and uh see how he looked 
And I ended up talking to Rod for a couple of minutes and missing like half of Phil's outing. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, then the next day you, you see that news and, um, man, I just, you know, you, you feel for, the, the, uh, you know, his wife and, and his daughter, and, you know, with, with the adoption and all that stuff and what he's done for, for other families that have adopted kids, just all the good stuff, the positive energy that he exudes, um, it sucks. I mean, it really yeah. sucks. Like it, it just, that kind of stuff doesn't happen very often. It's, you know, and it hasn't happened very often, which I'm fortunate uh, to, to not have to go through that. But a guy like that, that, that I, I knew, but like, I mean, he wasn't family, he wasn't a close friend, but, but a guy that every time I saw him, it was it, it, positivity and he brought a smile to my face. And, yeah. Um, it, it just, it really sucks. Yeah, really. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, terrible damper uh, on things. And obviously, uh, kind of a reminder again of how uh, fleeting things can be. Uh, let's talk uh, baseball just a little bit. I know that it was wet down there today. You were supposed to throw. It seems like if you even look at a pitching mound, it sets off a tweet storm these days. Uh, but as you work your way back from the shoulder issue, did you throw today? And uh, if not, when do you get back on the bump? I did. I threw uh, I threw 15 pitches today um, with the catcher just in front of home plate. And it was my third time doing that. Uh I can't complain. I mean, it, it, it's going, uh, frankly, a, a lot better than I thought it was going to go. Um, where I was a couple of weeks ago with the back of my shoulder flaring up, things not going well, not feeling good playing, uh, just short catch. Um, to get that calmed down and be able to go out on the mound and, and, and get something behind it and, and feel good doing it, um, it's been a huge relief. I mean, I, I hit rock bottom like two weeks ago, and, and since then it's it, just felt amazing. I mean, we got it. We, we you know, with with landing uh, and the work that he did, and, and getting my shoulder calmed down, and, and those those things uh, headed in the right direction. Now, where it's where where I was two weeks ago to be where I am now, I, I never fathomed it. So, um, I'm really encouraged. I mean, I, I'm still I'm still a ways away, but I know that I'm I'm definitely headed in the right direction and, and headed there at a better rate than I have uh, really all offseason. Yeah, fantastic news to hear. This is Glenn Perkins joining us here on Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, and obviously the Twins in much better shape when Glenn can take the ball uh, in the ninth inning. You know, some umpires retired today, Perk, and we only have a couple minutes, but Bob Davidson, John Hirschbeck, Jim Joyce, Tim Welke, it's a pretty veteran, pretty good batch of umpires the game is going to be without. With all the, the talk about robo-umps and we need to change the strike zone, uh, not enough gets made maybe of umps who actually call strikes, and that's a, a few of them right there. Yeah, well, yeah, John Hirschbeck probably had the biggest zone of anyone I've ever thrown to. Um, uh, which was nice, and uh, and Tim Joyce, I think I think through and through, um, it, it's unfortunate that he's really known for one incident in Detroit yeah. with with uh, Armando Galarraga in that perfect game. But he's he's uh, I mean arguably one of the best umpires of all time, especially behind the plate. I mean he's consistent and fair, and I, I don't think you would ever hear a pitcher or a hitter complain about a strike zone from Jim Joyce. Uh, you know, and the game was better with him being an umpire but you know it's good for him that he has a career where he can now go enjoy himself and maybe watch some games on the other side of the lines and, and, and just enjoy himself um but uh good umpires that that had long careers um you know i know that uh they're trying to pick up the pace of play and not having bob davidson call the box about every third pitch will be good um but uh yeah i mean no there's there, there's some very good umpires those are guys that everybody knew that everybody respected and uh you know, the, the Twins, we have a long history with, with John, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting that he gets to, to kind of step away and just enjoy his time because he's had a little bit of a rough road the last 
I don't know, six, eight, ten years. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, – I, I don't. I don't feel like uh, retirement's a bad thing. It means that they had great careers, and now they get to go enjoy uh, just being uh, human beings and not having the the pressure and all those things that that comes with being an umpire, which is probably harder than being a player. Um, so I, I'm happy for those guys, and, and I'll definitely miss. Uh, you know, I knew John and, and Tim Wilkie's another great guy, obviously. So those guys, and, and you miss them. You miss not seeing them on the road or uh, out on the field and staying high. You know, and I walk out to the pen, I always say hi to those guys. So I'll miss that, but uh, good for them that they, they had good careers and, and now they get to enjoy their life. Well said, Perk. Well said. Uh, we hope for some sunshine tomorrow so you guys can get back to work and you can continue to scare the fish of southwest Florida. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Glenn Perkins, uh, again, a man uh, who is uh, lobbying hard for that Media Good Guy Award, buying pizza ovens. Uh, for a radio show. So that is a great start. And, again, for the rest of the affiliates, in addition to Go 96.3 here in the Twin Cities, I can give you Perks information if you need to request something for your morning show studio as well. Great insight there, I thought, on a wide variety of topics and great news in terms of the shoulder from Glenn Perkins. When we come back, we're going to talk with the first base coach for the Minnesota Twins, Mr. Jeff Smith. That's next right here on your Home for Twins Baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. Very excited here to be catching up in person with Jeff Smith. We've heard a lot from Smitty through the years, whether he was in New Britain, Fort Myers, a couple of different occasions. Uh, always doing a great job with the Twins minor leaguers. And this year, we won't have far to go. We'll find him in the first base coach's box. And, Jeff, you played for the Twins in the minor leagues. You coached forever and managed in the minor leagues. The day that you got the call saying, hey, how'd you like to come to the big leagues? What was that moment like? Because you didn't have the, the big league moment necessarily right, as a player, right. but to get that big league moment as a coach. It, it, it was a special moment. You know, I, it was, is, I had come up here, uh, gone through some interview process, and then uh, it was about a week later, five, five days a week later, and was actually driving in my car, just dropped the kids off to school, and was driving down one of our major roads down there in Naples, and I uh, got a call from uh, Derek, and uh, uh, was just driving and and I actually had to pull over. Had to pull over for a second. Probably had a little tear to my eye and uh, I don't think anybody would. I know it's, I'm 42 years old right now and uh, been with the Twins, you know, seven years as a player. This will be my 13th year as a coach, almost 21 years. And I say some guys make the big leagues their their first year. Some guys make it after 21 years. And uh, I, I can't be happier to be part of Paul Molitor's staff and, and the Minnesota Twins going forward this year. We'll talk more specifics about what you'll be doing, but I, I want to get back to your dropping the kids off. Right. Family is huge for you, to the point where most guys, when they go manage a double-A, which you did after right. a great run at Fort Myers, they rarely go back. You went back for geography, for family right. reasons, to Fort Myers. And so I know this also wasn't a decision that your family took lightly. This wasn't just a hey, I'm Jeff, a solo person who made it after 21 years. This was a family decision. It was. And going through the minor leagues, I had been in Beloit for two years and then Fort Myers two years and the five years in New Britain. And, uh, you know, uh, when Paul took the job out here, up here, I had an opportunity to go back to Fort Myers um, and manage, be closer to home. And I really, really enjoyed working with our younger players and uh and, uh, and being with the catchers down there and everything that I do, and but when I, whenever I take a, a job, I, I do ask the family, and I and I had a it's a very eventful off season, and uh, and I looked at my wife, and and I've, and I've had the most supportive wife, Rana, since day one, and uh, she looked at me and she goes, "Are you are you kidding me? You're even thinking about this?" He goes, hey, "You go, you you work work for this for day one, and uh, this is it, and our family will support you, and uh, we'll be fine. It'll be a great thing for our family and a, and a new adventure and." A, this is where you need to be. So it's uh, you know to have support like that, it makes a decision easy, and uh, 
And, you know, I always say the Twins has always been my second family, and now i got both families on board, so that's good. Now, as far as duties, you'll be coaching first base, and, and but what you've always done so well is work with catchers. That That's your your right. wheelhouse, and you've worked with a ton of them coming up for the last, literally, as you said, 13 years. Right. Jason Castro is here. He's an accomplished uh, catcher. You've got John Ryan Murphy. Mitch Garver is one of a handful of young guys. Talk a little bit about the type of work you do, because it's often overlooked. we got hitting coaches. we got yeah, pitching right. coaches. we got all these coaches. But catching coach hasn't really caught on as an official moniker. Right, right. And yet you're talking about a position that probably requires more subtleties uh, and technique than any on the field. No question about it. And, and I, I'm ecstatic about the, the group of catchers that we're bringing to spring training this year. You know, you mentioned a lot of the names right there. And also just signed Chris Jimenez, too. And uh, bringing in one of our old guys, Dan Ralphing, back, too, and a new guy, Eddie Rodriguez. And if you look at this group of guys that we're bringing to spring training, uh, you know, you've got to be thrilled to death because we, we, we got a great defensive core that we're bringing in, guys that are passionate about the pitching staffs. But going back to what they do on a daily basis and going back, it's kind of uh, breaking into two fields a little bit. And, and the first field is a lot of the, I, I call it the physical stuff in terms of, you know, the receiving, the blocking, the footwork, and forming a routine to maintain those skills throughout the season and working with what someone has. Because a lot of times you're going to look at a Jason Castro who's six foot three. And you may look at a John Murphy who might be 5'10", you know, around that range. Their body types are going to be different. Their hips are hip flexibility. There's going to be a lot of different things about them. And I love the challenge of working with a body type and finding what works with them. But the physical side is one. And then I take it the other side. other other big side then becomes game calling and, and game calling preparation and, and working hand-in-hand with Neil Allen and, and Joe Vabra and, and Eddie to prepare those game plans and help the catchers implement those and, and everybody be on board with that. And that's I, I think both of those go hand-in-hand. And when you have a, a catching guy in that mix, too, where, you know, Neil will be at the pitchers, we'll both be with and, and be at the catchers, too, it, it goes a long way. And like you said, it's it's nice. I, I want and always, Someone always asks me, what's the most important stat a catcher can have? And, you know, we, we do have some really good pitch framers here, and that's, that's kind of the new thing that people see. But, you know, for me, it comes down to two things. The most important uh, stat that a catcher has is what is his win-loss record mm-hmm. at, at the end of the year when he catches. Mm-hmm. You know, take pride in that and take pride in the ERA when you catch. And that that's a big thing. And I think that's a lot that I try to you know, push upon our young catchers going to bring to this level, too. But I, I'm a stat to have this group that we got. Uh, you mentioned the pitch framing, and that has gotten a lot of attention, and Jason's very good at it. And technology has just gone so exponentially quickly that we have numbers that we can lay out to support right, what right. back when you and I were coming up, yeah. it was just like, oh, he's a good receiver. Correct. Or guys like throwing to him. Now we're going we're gonna to be able to quantify that. Uh, very forward-thinking front office. There's going to be a lot of resources at your disposal. Right. How can you utilize some of those resources, or have you even scratched the surface right. to help guys get better at that skill? Is it a teachable skill, or is it something guys have or don't? Definitely, definitely a teachable skill. We've been using it in the minor leagues the last few years, uh, uh, and we'll be probably uh, implement it a little more this year too. And what I like to do as as a coach, I like to take all the information that we have available simplify it for a player but for me i take the information not necessarily use it as a uh you know evaluation purpose how can i use that information to make a player better so if it let's say we have a weakness we're not gonna we don't necessarily have to harp or show a weakness but you know what we're gonna we're gonna improve that weakness without maybe them even knowing it sometime we're gonna improve on that and i think that the quantitative measurements with, with the pitch frame right now the big thing for catchers is getting the strikes that are in the zone you know, and that's big because, and, and and that's a big thing. And then obviously the the second side is how many strikes can you get outside the zone. And it's it's those borderline pitches. You're not going to get the pitches that are out, and then we know that. But the more pitches, and what it really comes down to, too, when when pitchers know that you're taking pride in this, when you and they know you're working on this, 
how much better do they feel throwing to a catcher that they know is working their butt off on, on this type of things, working on his block skills, working on that. I don't want that guy back there. We're going to win together. And that, that it goes a long way that way. You've seen so many of these players come through various stops in the minor leagues. And, you know, like when Paul took over, he'd kind of been a visiting instructor with a lot of these young guys. But this core, this young core that the, the team is going to be built on, advantage for you, uh, even in your ability to, to help Paul, and that you've seen them not just in camp or with their skill set, but at their lowest probably, in the minor leagues when they're away from home and they're failing for the first time or uh, when they're trying to put a new skill into the repertoire and it's not working in front of 500 fans. You've been there day in and day out. I would have to think that tangibly has to help you as they try to establish themselves as big leaders. No question. I, and I think it helps both of us. I, helps, I think it helps me as a coach, too, uh, coming in for the first time. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about our, our group of players that we have, uh, you know, the ones that have come up through the minor leagues recently, the guys that are here. And, you know, you're talking about that core that have recently been in the minor leagues and are making some of, some of them their second year will be this year. Some will be their first year. And having those guys through, and, and like you said, seeing the successes, seeing the failures, seeing their work ethic, see what they're like off the field. Um, I think sometimes it's just good to see a familiar face in the clubhouse, you know, just to talk to. When, when, you know, a good game, bad game, someone to talk to in the clubhouse, someone to talk to in the dining room, talk about anything. Not always necessarily baseball, but to have that other person that, you know, that you've been in the trenches with them a little bit, you've been through the wars with them, and uh, it's fun. And that, and that part is really fun to go through. And, uh, you know, it's anything that Paul needs, anything that I can help with, uh, help us have success, I'm looking forward to. It's Jeff Smith, uh, first base coach. He's going to work with the catchers. Final question, Jeff, is uh, are you ready to hold stuff? I mean, now guys are wearing <laughs> shin guards and, and, and the, the oven mitt on the hand. I mean, you're going to be like kind of like a coat rack. The way I look at it is the more stuff I'm holding, that means the more guys I got on base. So if, if, I, have to, if I have to be a, a coat rack out there, that means we got guys all over the base pass, I'll be that guy. And uh, that would be a good thing because the more base runners we have, it's better. But technology has definitely changed over the years, and uh, hopefully there will be a few times where Bat Boy has to come get the stuff too because that means we bat it around. That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> Jeff Smith here on Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. We'll take three cuts with Smitty a little bit later on. Take a break right here in your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to another edition of Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins brought to you by Discover St. Louis Park. We're Facebooking live. We're on all across the network, and, of course, you can stream online as well. Hard to believe, but we are just two days away from the first game of the Grapefruit League schedule at the CenturyLink Sports Complex. You can hear it live 6 o'clock on the 24th as Corey and Danny will have the call. If you're going to the ballpark, some new security policies are in place at Hammond Stadium. That includes uniform bag checks, metal detector screenings, and bag size limits 16 by 16 by 8 inches. So be prepared for that. Give yourself a little extra time at the CenturyLink Sports Complex. Again, the game is coming up on Friday, 6 o'clock Central Time. Corey and Danny, the call as the Twins take on the Rays in Grapefruit League action. Uh, Also want to let you know, uh, that the following day, the Saturday, the 25th at 9 a.m., uh, tickets are on sale. Single game tickets go on sale. You can get them online. You can get them over the phone. And you can, of course, get them at the box office right here at Target Field. That's coming up on Saturday. It's supposed to be a little snowy in the metro, but come on down and get a taste of summer amidst the snowflakes as uh, single game tickets going on sale Saturday at 9 a.m. Can't believe the games are already here. Going to be a whole lot of fun. But again, if you're going down to CenturyLink Sports Complex, give yourself just a little bit extra time with some of those new security measures. Give yourself some extra time here as we wrap up our show with Three Cuts with Jeff Smith next on your home for Twins Baseball. 
You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back for a final segment, another edition of Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. Hard to believe the season is literally upon us. Jeff Smith is our guest. Twins, uh, coat rack at first base, first base coach, as well as working with the catchers and a longtime member of the organization. Uh, Three quick questions here. They may or may not be about baseball, uh, and uh, we'll have some fun to wrap up the show. I'm going to start with your family. Your wife is a principal. All right. Is she the principal at home? Like, I mean, you got boys at home, too, plus you. Do you ever get detention? I mean, is I was terrified of my principal. Uh, does that demeanor carry over? Because we didn't think principals, like, went home. We thought, I just assumed they lived in the school. I think she lives in the school, too, personally, <laughs> as many hours as she works. Uh, I would say we're both joint principals. She's the principal probably of me, and I, we both joint principal of the kids. But uh, she runs a tight ship right there, but a fun ship. All right, that's, a, that's good. Now, a lot of folks will come down to Fort Myers for spring training. Right. That's your home. I mean, you grew, grew up there. You still live there down in Naples. So if you were going to tour guide a little bit for these people, because we get stuck in our ways up here, uh, is there certain parts of the area, certain attractions, restaurants, that, that you would give the Jeff Smith five-star recommendation? Well, number one, if you're going to Naples, Florida, I would definitely recommend you bring your golf clubs because that's we probably have more golf courses uh, per square mile than anywhere in the United States. If you got kids, I would hit the Naples Zoo, which is uh, a lot of people uh, forget that it is there, and it's a it's a unique right across from Coastal Mall, so people go shopping right there too. And if I'm going to dinner, I'm going to Mer- either Mercado or Fifth Avenue, and uh, we have a ton of steak places right there that you can't that you can't go wrong with. And uh, my favorite down there is always Fleming's. Right, you put that on Gladden's, put it on Gladden's tab. I can say, we've done the Naples Zoo, my daughter, big fan, feeding the giraffes, and they've got what, like an island with the monkeys, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's, uh, I always say, they keep adding exhibits, adding, 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 and it keeps getting bigger. And, uh, you know, that type of that part of Naples right there, I think, has finally gotten really congested because of the zoo, and that's pretty cool. I, I talked with James Rousen about this, and he claims he didn't have one. But uh, every guy who played in the minor leagues uh, has that memory of the time they faced the future big leaguer and got the better of them. There's always guys you played against, and at the time you're like, who's this maybe? Or maybe they're a big shot prospect, and then they go on to, to, to do great things. Now, you could count a lot of your teammates among those who did that, and you're going to be coaching with guys who have done that. Was there that moment, though, when you look back at your playing career specifically, we ever like, yeah. I got that guy. There, there was a moment, and, and and most of my teammates they they tell the story all the time more than I do. And it was Danny Baez at the time when he first got to Akron with the Indians, and uh, he uh, he had just come over uh, and uh, did not know much English. And I hit a home run off him, and I, I had a few other hits off him. I'll never forget it. And the next time, next time I got hit, and I, I don't know if I did anything when I hit the home run. I might have, but he, he I got hit. And he supposedly knew New English, and he came up uh, perfect English to me at home plate and said, remember my name. <laughs> and, I, and I did it because the next year, all of a sudden, he had about a 12- to 15-year career in the big leagues. So that, that was a pretty cool moment for me. Yeah, it didn't work out for him when he hit Torrey Hunter, though, because I believe Torrey threw the ball back at him, right? And we had, we had some fun, a little joke about that, too. Yeah, so it was we had a lot of fun through spring training. I, I think every time after that, either TK or Gardy, I was in big league spring training. About, they made sure I was in the lineup that day if Baez was there. Awesome stuff. Jeff Smith, first base coach, works with the catchers for the Minnesota Twin. Great to have him in a big league uniform. This has been another edition of Deep Cuts, brought to you by Discover St. Louis Park. And uh, we'll be back again next week to talk more right here on your home for Twins Baseball. This has been Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, presented by Discover St. Louis Park. Stay, shop, eat, and play comfortably close to Target Field. Find it all at discoverstlouispark.com. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.